Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Indie Basketball Podcast. Today, we have Chris McCon of the Lawrence Arms. Finally, I get a Bulls fan on the podcast. Can't wait. Um, we have a great conversation about the Bulls and, and basketball and music and where they merge. So, hope you enjoy it. time i finally had a bulls fan on here <laughs> i can't believe i haven't to be honest yeah it's kind of surprising no doubt it seems that a lot of people are raptor fans or sixers fans that's i feel like that's the highest that i've i've had but i don't know what it is <laughs> nice man so yeah catch me up man yeah definitely um so it, it's it's good to be doing this this little thing where you know these two worlds come together and um i do find a lot of people who sit right at that little verge where they combine and it, it's great to to talk because people get to nerd out about it so i'm glad i'm glad you're <laughs> one of those people yeah for sure i mean you know it would be interesting to see where my where my knowledge actually overlaps <laughs> but no doubt like i uh you know yeah i mean cool hoops hoops and music are, are both right good, thing, good things to be uh yeah you know so keeping up on well we'll start talking a little bit of music and i i feel like since uh it's january we could still uh consider it a new year uh is there anything from 2022 that you've listened to that you loved or anything even more recent that you've been listening to yeah for sure like like just as far as like records or whatever that i'm yeah. i've been spending yeah definitely so I was like actually thinking about this. I thought maybe, uh, you know, um, maybe you would ask, ask me something like this. It's weird. Like, <laughs> um, think about like the three records that I, I've probably listened to the most over the last stretch. Um, so maybe that would one would expect, but I just think, I don't know, man, my taste has been kind of in directionally different. Um, yeah. So, there's this record by a woman named Charlotte Day Wilson. She's, I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's like from Canada, kind of an R&B singer. Mm -hmm. um, record's called Alpha. Um, just really awesome, super cool record. I've just been kind of like into a lot of like that kind of pop R&B um, yeah, yeah. stuff recently. I really like that. I really love like the Rosalia record, Moto Mami. Mm -hmm. I think that record's amazing. It's just like very, very like... Um, just so sort of like creative sonically and there's a lot yeah, of like yeah. really interesting things going on there from like she blew up songwriting quick. yeah songwriting perspective but also just yeah. like the the production like uh -huh. everything about it i think is just really really interesting um and then i think the third one that kind of comes to mind is like i've been revisiting some of the john k sampson records like the mm -hmm. solo records and that winter wheat record for whatever reason the first time around didn't really like click with me yeah but um but yeah i kind of had that on more recently a bunch and really really cool songs on that record uh super into that right now so i guess like those are the, those are the three that kind of been um it's a good, it's a good uh a breath of right there yeah it's a, it's a lot of different <laughs> types of music which is awesome yeah decent mix for sure um you mentioned rosalia reminds me 
Did you check out the Ethel Kane uh, album? Because that blew up very quickly as well. I have not listened to that, but I'll definitely spin it. Yeah, um, it's it's really interesting. I feel like it's uh, it's it kind of has a lot of that, you know, Phoebe Bridgers and uh, yeah. Billie Eilish type sound, but it also mm-hmm. has a little like old like lo-fi folk to it as well. It's really interesting. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, I think like you know, it's an interesting time in. There's some really like, there's some more creative, interesting things that I guess one might think of as being in kind of like the mainstream, like, like of music right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Billie Eilish records are cool. Obviously, Phoebe Bridgers is just like having this incredible run. Um, yeah. And she's been involved, I think, in a few different projects that are really interesting. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, it's a kind of a kind of a cool time in that sort of like part of the industry. Yeah, it's crazy that like, you know, I guess what used to be such like a niche kind of subgenre can like, even those like specific subgenres can find their way to be more mainstream and be uh, successful, which is really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Yeah, that's, that's definitely some good stuff. I and some stuff I'll need to check out. I know uh, we have some people on our Discord channel who are a lot, a lot of Canadians in our Discord, and uh, they refer to it as CanCon. So you you mentioned that <laughs> Charlotte Day Wilson, the Canadian content. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, that's it's very well loved. <laughs> Love it, man. Um, how about as far as, uh, your music, are you making anything new? Is there anything going on with, you know, Lawrence arms or sundowner or anything? Yeah. So I mean, like, you know, honestly, right now things are really quiet. Like the last thing that happened was really skeleton coast for the the Lawrence arms record. That was Mm -hmm. the last record I really wrote. Um, some of it's just like time of life, man. I got like young kids and like, I'm just in like, um, like super young kids. So I'm like, just in a like a little bit of a i'm like time poor yeah like pretty hard right now <laughs> you know um i get that so a yeah. little bit of like a of a creative desert i guess um over the last like few years uh um it's been a long time since i made a sundown record for whatever reason i think that like the just like the the succession of those records really tracked against certain like milestones in my in my life and for whatever reason like that next one just hasn't hit yet. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, I think, I mean, it's probably going to be almost 10 years now since the last Sundar record. So that's a long, a long stretch. (laughs) Not that, um, you know, I mean, the Lawrence arms are certainly not strangers to like taking time to get out a new record either. But, um, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Like, I think I've always found that, you know, things start to like bubble up and kind of percolate and then, you know, there becomes like some some momentum towards trying to make something again. And so, mm. you know, I feel like, yeah, I hope that comes my way again on the Sundowner side. And then Lawrence Arm side, I mean, we just, the timing was so sort of crazy with like when we made, like when right. we actually tracked and made Skeleton Coast, we did it in outside of El Paso, Texas at a studio called Sonic Ranch, which is mm-hmm. like this, just like unbelievable kind of like, it was like two weeks of like summer camp or something <laughs> like totally like outsider summer camp. Like, uh, and you know, it just really was, I mean, we finished it, I think a month before the first lockdowns, you know, in March oh, of 2020. Yeah. And 
we kind of made the decision to just put it out anyway um even though we kind of like really moved into like the pandemic and then you know obviously like people's lives just mm-hmm. you know really shifted um i think you know pretty dramatically and with i don't know i guess from my perspective still kind of emerging you know from that a bit right um even though we've kind of seen i think the industry like like touring kind of start to pick up again and 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 people starting to get active again but um yeah just i mean the timing really really insane on that and so um but that was such a fun record to make and i think you know i mean the idea of lauren's art has always been like again feeling excited about the next one as opposed mm-hmm. to like like there's a mandate or something yeah, like we should, we should one. put one out yeah right right and so um you know kind of same thing where it's like i feel like the time will start to like um come you know and yeah um we do have some like we're just so spread out now so like as a band and so we have like the logistics to contend with oh yeah you're on west coast being, now yeah yeah so i live in oregon and neil's down in la and brennan's okay. in chicago so we have kind of a logistic we have to find like a meeting place like yeah. a centralized unified location where we can go you know figure this out um but it all starts with songs anyway yeah that's way before it even matters geographically at this point so so it's got to start right, somewhere right. which is like ideas and songs and stuff and i mean usually that starts to you know usually there's some like first song like mm-hmm. that either brendan like writes or i write and that ends up being like the starting point and then it tracks yeah you know forward it's from there snowballs yeah it's a yeah. i'm sure it's you know one one song gets out and you're like you get excited to kind of keep yeah it going. exactly yeah you need that like yeah it's like that excitement piece of like oh yeah there's still still songs to write here that feel exciting and whatever right um so you mentioned so now, um i'll say not a ton going on right now but yeah. um uh you know but i look i still feel like it's weird it's like i feel on the one hand, it feels like a long time ago since we made Skeleton right. Coast. On the other hand, like, you know, occasionally, like, like spin a few of those songs and it feels fresh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really not it's not that long ago. You know, a lot of people wait, you know, five, six years to put out another album. And and it's it's weird. It feels like sometimes sometimes people want want like a declaration of like are you guys still a band or not and it's like it doesn't need to have that yeah for sure and i think a band like the lawrence arms i mean we've been we're now over 20 years of doing this and you know i'd say you know overall we've more or less like kind of you know done things in the way that made the most sense at any kind of given time Mm -hmm. and um certainly over the last like 10 years there hasn't been a real like I don't know, like some sort of, uh, you know, standard practice of doing things where you like make a record and then you do a tour cycle and then you make another record and kind of like bounce back and forth between those things. It just right. never really kind of worked quite that way in, for us. Um, and that's a nice thing. I mean, uh, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's that kind of like weird, there's like a, like, I think there's certain bands that make sense, like, to be in mm-hmm. that sort of, like, cycle. And, and the reality is that, like, you know, a lot of us have other things going on or more of like, like, like uh, I guess, like, boring standard jobs that, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. you know, go along with just, yeah, you know, so, trying kind to of figure it realize, out. So. Uh, you know, paid rock stars, <laughs> so that's your salary. Yeah, right. right. So, <laughs> you know. 
I get it. And and too, like, yeah, you all not not just jobs and stuff. You, you know, it ebbs and flows, I'm sure, with what projects you're working on. I think Neil was doing like Joyce Manor stuff, right? Yeah, which is sweet. I mean, like yeah. great great fit for Neil and like really yeah. I think a cool opportunity. And I mean, Neil's a great drummer, you know. And mm-hmm. and so like I haven't seen them with Neil yet, but it'd be super fun to see Neil behind the kit, right. you know, playing playing with those guys. Um yeah, Neil's got kind of a variety a variety of music like really mm-hmm. music related projects happening and then you know i mean i know like bk obviously stays busy in yeah. variety of ways creatively you know as well as kind of holding it down like having his family and stuff in chicago so for sure you know cool um speaking of chicago uh we can talk bulls a little bit i think yeah talk bulls. <laughs> which is so... i feel can be a loaded <laughs> question maybe but <laughs> no doubt it's like what bulls you know well, I I feel like, I mean, you're you were like you grew up in Chicago, yeah. Like you're, yeah. So kind I grew of a up Chicago like, lifer mostly up until recently. Yeah. So I moved I moved to Oregon like for Portland in about ten years ago. So okay, I'm in my forties. Um, I grew up five blocks north of Wrigley, and like I definitely remember the year like Jordan was drafted, and I remember <laughs> like. Like my formative, you know, years of, yeah, just like being a kid and growing up and liking basketball all basically corresponded with like the rise of like the Jordan led Chicago Bulls teams. So, yeah, yeah, definitely like, yeah, I mean, I I consider myself a Chicago guy for sure. Um, You know, it's like funny, like Chicago people typically like, in my experience, like when you ask people where they're from, even if they no longer reside there, yeah, you know they'll still tell you they're from Chicago. Like, if you ask me where are you from, I won't be like, "Oh, I'm from Oregon." Like, doesn't right? <laughs> you know? There's something specific to, like, and I f- I'm sure it is like this with other cities, but there's something specifically about Chicago where that kind of is part of your identity that doesn't yeah, leave. For sure. Um, for sure. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I grew up like yeah, really like. I mean, I mean, I remember I watched. I think every single like playoff run, you know, up to the first title, mm-hmm. all those like battles against the Pistons, um, you know, yeah, I was like, I mean, again, I was like a ten, you know, like yeah. in the in really like Prime that time. wheelhouse of like discovering and loving basketball, you know, and playing and stuff. So, um, yeah, those years, like basically up through like the first title, you know, I mean. It's just like an epic run, man. It's like you really totally. couldn't ask ask for a, I don't know. I mean, like, of course, like people who are like, like, uh, like Chicago people who like really like sort of identify with that era of the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess mean, the best time to have grown up watching basketball and to like root for a team. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, I see. So yeah, I'm I'm like a little staggered behind. I'm like maybe like eight to ten years behind. So like, yeah. I was a kid. I remember like the tail end of, of Jordan years. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, like when I was in like uh, college, you know, that's the Derrick Rose era. And that's when I was yep. like, that was my time when I was like super into the bulls and I had like such high hopes and yeah, it was, a, it was a short window, but it was, it was a good time. Yeah, no, I mean, those are fun teams to watch and like really like, like interesting mix of players. And obviously like, you know, D Rose has like, um, you know, uh, 
like an interesting story, the yeah. highs and lows of a bit, right. you know, um, of it. But, but yeah, I mean, being a Bulls fan is like interesting because it really does have, um, there's like major peaks and valleys to it. You know, I mm-hmm. think Chicago sports in general sort of has yeah. that storyline a little. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Bulls definitely like, yeah, major, major peaks and valleys to, to being a Bulls fan. Yeah, and I feel like you mentioned, you know, growing up in in, in the Jordan area, where you you played a lot of basketball growing up too. Like you played yourself. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I think like, you know, it's funny. Like when you, when you, like I think of myself as someone who played basketball for a long time when I was a kid. Yeah. But you're only a kid for like actually a pretty short amount of years. <laughs> They're just super formative. So you like. At, at so what I point associate... is it like? How far away? <laughs> right. Are right, you like closer many... or further away from when yeah, you played? Well, uh, definitely further. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but yeah, I think I played. You know, I mean, like basketball was the sport. Um, yeah that I cared the most about and played the most from probably, I don't know, you know, like whatever, third, fourth grade, you know, up through into high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like I definitely, like I like did basketball camps and like yeah, yeah. all that, all that stuff. So I was like, it was really like a core activity for me for like all the, like middle school, you know, into high school was like playing hoops was yeah. Right there. Did and, you like, do it's the funny. Jordan camp? No, but I did. Um, I think I did a Northwestern camp. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did Don Nelson's camp in New Hampshire one summer, and it was like <laughs> Sharonis Marshallonis, and like <laughs> and like Don Nelson, like like running the camp. Um, it like totally funny, man. Um, uh, so you know, I'll say like it was like yeah, like a lot of my growing up was like playing basketball and like yeah, watching yeah. basketball and caring about basketball. And like, it's funny like you have this podcast because for me, like the transition into caring about like underground music and getting into like punk music and stuff kind of emerges. There's kind of like a, like a little bit of an overlap. And yeah, then like yeah. I start to like move out into like caring about art and music and like, I do feel like that stuff, happens you know? like in high school in your formative years. And you make that decision where you're like, do I am one? Am I good enough to keep playing right, sports? Right, right. Well, or, or like, 10, do I want so to? Like, yeah, you know. So and, and you know, gr- like girls like dudes and bands. Like that's that's <laughs> kind of why you do it, right? Like, <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, man. Yeah. But yeah, so I did play. I did play a lot, which is like a lot of where like the love of basketball like comes from. You know, yeah. I would say I care about care about two sports at this point in my life, really only, and it's it's like the NBA primarily and mm-hmm. and tennis ah. like, that's it those are you've, those you've are, fallen out of baseball i have yeah i think baseball is like such this like awesome wonderful like uh sport and like the history of baseball yeah. is i think like i mean it's the history of america you know mm-hmm. and there's like um you know like ken's birds baseball or whatever it is like like amazing amazing and and I loved being a kid and like looking at the, you know, like the box scores. And yeah. I grew up five blocks north of Wrigley, you know. So like right. I grew up when like, yeah, you could go to Wrigley and buy a seat for five bucks or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. you know, amazing, amazing, like in the Ryan Sandberg years. But, yeah, um, well, you have that that sample of Pat Hughes and porno and stuff films yeah, too. Yeah, so. totally. And so, but at this point, like watching baseball is just like mm-hmm. it, it's more than like, yeah, I've just fallen out of following it and yeah. the time. The, the time dedication, you know, 
to watching baseball is is, totally. is, 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 a, is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you, you mentioned kind of the, when you get the crossover between kind of sports and, and, mm-hmm. you know, playing music, being interested in music, do you have uh, moments where the, that those things kind of actually did overlap? Where yeah, the, there is sure, kind of like, like a little bit of both? Yeah, definitely. Because like I really – so like Brendan and I became friends really in like the end of grade school, like early middle school. And that that's really a time we started to discover music, like going to mm-hmm. Reckless Records in like seventh grade, eighth grade, and like buying Bad Religion tapes or whatever it was. And – um and so i was still like definitely playing like you know practicing you know (laughs) six days a week you know like like gearing up for like the season you know even when you're in eighth grade you're like you know like season's coming up like you know like conditioning and all that i'm gonna let them know this year um, how good i am (laughs) uh so there's definitely like as like like early seeds of being interested in music and like wanting to figure like wanting to learn how to play guitar or whatever yeah. it was. And, um, but it's just funny. Cause like, you look back on it and it's like, maybe it's three or four years of my life where those mm-hmm. things like overlapped a bit. And, you know, but again, just like seminal in some ways, you know, like for right. me, you know, because you're just like, yeah, you're just, you're so young and you're like getting exposed to all these things that are new. So definitely. As uh, as you guys have you know kind of gotten older, is there other moments where basketball comes up, whether you're on tour or anything? Like, is you know Brendan and Neil into basketball too those, and stuff? Yeah, those guys don't those guys don't care about basketball. Um. <laughs> it's always like it's always one person, and yeah. like everyone else looks at you like you're crazy. I mean, it's funny because it's like I guess if you're from Chicago, like like with the bull when the Bulls were on their run, you know everyone cares about basketball it's a that global brief, cultural that, thing yeah. right, for that brief run um but but in more of like uh you know a real way yeah, yeah. not so much you know <laughs> um yeah i don't know i'm trying to think like i think the thing that's like interesting about being on tour just like like when i think about like you see basketball hoops everywhere you know mm-hmm. it's like like you like cruising around europe and you just see these like old whatever just like hoops up in yeah. different places and i don't know it's just like something i always notice you know like never just like being somebody who likes basketball you just always notice those things totally like, like here in portland you know obviously like um you know the big teams in portland are are the blazers and the timbers mm-hmm. you know soccer is big here mm-hmm. um but also like nike hq is here right and so like um uh but i feel like every street man there's hoops mm-hmm. in front of the houses on the side of houses like everywhere you go you know i right. just love seeing that that's honestly you know a big part of what got me to want to do half court sessions which is like yeah. we, we have different people performing on different basketball courts and it's like that's a great venue to see people perform in and they're mm-hmm. everywhere so it's for it's, sure man yeah. and they're like they come they're in like all different all shapes too. and yeah. sizes yeah totally one of like my like there's like an iconic photo of like jordan in the early years on that court it's in chicago on clybourne and uh yes. what is that like just north like of just, north just, avenue yep um and the train's right behind it and it used to just be like all like graffiti on the far totally. wall like before the neighborhood kind of shifted yeah. and stuff um and i just remember going to that court and like 
playing here and there mm-hmm. you just like have that moment of like 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 jordan's like on this court like shooting yeah. this photo, you know shooting this photo dunking on this hoop or whatever it is like those kind of totally. things i love i love that stuff absolutely yeah Clyde park's really cool and i definitely want to shoot a half court sessions there we did some teaser stuff there but another cool one that i i would like to go to is I forget what it's called. It's Margaret something park. It's, it's in Chinatown, like right. It's underneath the expressway. Oh, nice. That sounds cool. It's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I love, I love seeing, you know, you get so many different perspectives of different courts. It's so cool. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, but as far as today's bulls team, are you still keeping up with them? So, I mean, as much as I can, I'm not, I, I, don't have league pass, so I'm, yeah. only, I'm only watching, you know, national games when I can make it happen. Which isn't frequently um, these days. <laughs> which, no, isn't frequent these days for sure. Yeah, we, you know, we get a lot more West Coast games, ESPN or TNT. I feel like mm-hmm. stack up on a lot of other teams that aren't Chicago Bulls right now. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I like, I mean, I like the team. I, you know, I feel like, I feel like last year, seemed like there might be just like a like a nice chemistry that was going to actually yeah. like get get them a bit further i feel like this year um just kind of like not pacing to like it where i off, thought yeah. maybe thought maybe they would be although you know it's only the all-star break and mm-hmm. like honestly i don't really start paying attention till after the all-star break yeah and but i like the i mean i like the guys that they put together i think like i think like from a organization standpoint it seems like they care more about trying to put a great team on the court than they mm-hmm. have you know under obviously under like you know previous management <laughs> yes you know absolutely um, like i feel like, feel like you know yeah. ak coming on to be gm was like yeah it it definitely felt different because we it had many like years where it change. felt hopeless yeah. yeah there's a culture change and like I think, you know, obviously, like Demar Derozan's like having, you know, an amazing run on the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, a really fun player to watch. I love his game. From a, um, he sort of captures a little bit of the modern game with a lot of the old game, yeah. uh, and and also it's just like it's awesome for him as a player who's like been in the league a while to like have. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a renaissance and like see it on the bulls is awesome so i love that part of it i think they you know again i think they have some nice pieces like like are they you know given given kind of the makeup of quality teams right now in the nba you know like do they really have enough you know to compete you know in that in that in those top seeds you know i think they're probably missing a piece um, you know, I don't know what that is exactly because on the one hand, they, you know, when they're like when they're scoring as a team, you know, when you yeah. have three guys like all getting buckets at, you know, 20 to 30 points, you know, they look pretty formidable. Um, but yeah, it seems like maybe maybe there's a still a piece missing something like X factor yeah. piece, you know, that really kind of like gets them into more competitive, you know, spot. Right, I do. I do worry that uh, the the window is going to be too short because uh, I think we lose Vooch after this year. Yeah, uh, and I don't think DeRozan either has one more year or this is his last year. So I I don't know what's going to happen, but I I still do love you know 
I have hope for Patrick Williams. Definitely. Uh, Kobe is honestly, I was like over Kobe. And then like this year and like a little bit last year, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I kind of like him again. AO has been interesting, but he's kind of down this year a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, some guys the Lonzo like, thing was some, screwy. Yeah. Some guys have had some flashes, you know, but like mm-hmm. not quite consistent yet. Um, yeah. Like young talent, not quite consistent yet. But yeah, right. to your point, I mean, like windows in, in the NBA, you know, close pretty fast these days. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, unless you really have, unless you're the Warriors, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, and, and I mean, yeah, the Warriors. Like, I mean, they've made some moves that have just kept them, yeah. You know, really, I mean, like Wiggins. Who would have thought Wiggins would come in right. and be the game changer? You know, drafting Jordan Peele was. or Jordan yeah, Poole. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, they've just made a lot of smart decisions. Also, probably had some really good luck. And fortune, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, and the fact that they have, you know, the greatest shooter in the history of the NBA right. alongside, you know, <laughs> alongside Clay Thompson is, yeah. like, is like, yeah, um, you know, it always blows my mind too that like they won championships and then everyone got hurt. So they're like, all right, let's just get the second pick in the draft. And even though Wiseman hasn't really kind of been able to show up yet, it's still insane that they're like, okay, now we're back again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like, I don't know if it's like a little bit of a, you know, when you're really good, you know, and you have some flexibility in terms of how you manage, like, whatever it is, like the the dollars, right, that, yeah. are, that are attached to your team. Um uh, you know, can you stay like there's a better chance you can stay good, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> and like stay in the mix as opposed to like but I just think there's some teams that just also I don't know, it's like you look at like the Blazers, like like they've had like great pieces, right? Dame yeah. is is I mean one of the one of the most fun players to watch. Absolutely. You know, he's had some great, great years with great numbers. He's definitely like a uh he cares about winning, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he obviously cares about being in Portland, at least currently, as well, yeah. which is like put him in a tough spot a little bit in terms of like mm-hmm. really winning. But like they just can't seem to get the right guys all together to make a run. And then yeah. once they do make a run, like who look who they're staring down, you know, in the yeah. West. So I mean, you just like it's a, uh, you know, it's tough up at the top of of either conference Definitely. right now. You know, I feel like the East really it used for the longest time the West dominated, but I feel like the East finally kind of took a yeah a little bit a little of a renaissance. Even. It yeah. feels a little more even now. Like definitely, the Celtics are clearly a yeah. very very good basketball team. Um, the, Bucks. the Sixers have been up there, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean, there's like there's a lot of like solid competition up there. Yeah, the yeah. Bucks, the Nets, like kind of quietly like you know right. putting it together. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time, you know, as far as this season goes, like I, you know, we have, we have half season, a little more than half season left. So I have my hopes, but you know, I, I hope it feels like there's consistently like this, maybe we'll make the play in you're, you're floating around the edge of the playoffs. Uh, but you never know. You could really, you can have a crazy second half, maybe like that kind of, uh, locker room. Yeah, for sure. They had changes things, for sure. And I mean, I think like like most major like sports associations or organizations, whatever leagues, um, 
you know, there's not a ton of parity once you get like up to the mm-hmm. cream of the crop, you know, it's like the same teams usually are in the mix. I mean, like what Milwaukee's done is amazing. Like when you think yeah. about like just what they've been able to put together in terms of like the talent they have on that team and the coaching and putting it together year over year right. to be competitive, like they've built like a team that's not going anywhere yeah, anytime soon, you know? I think what's cool with Milwaukee is like they, you know, we mentioned coaching. They they tried Jason Kidd, like it's not mm-hmm. working, and then yeah. they got they finally got new coach, and it's like okay, this one works. They won a championship out of it. Yeah, totally. So you know, I mean, it, I think the like it'll be interesting to see what what happens in Chicago. Like, do they care enough about winning that they're willing mm-hmm. to keep making some moves, you know, to try to improve the team? Because right. like. I don't think that as much as I'd love to say this team's got it, like, yeah. you know, I'm not sure this team really has what it takes to like compete at, and part of it's just like, you know, you got a lot of young talent like mm-hmm. on like Boston, Milwaukee, like, like, you know, it's not like, like guys who are going to be entering their prime superstars, yeah. you know, and like superstar players, like, right. Like you need no team in the NBA is going to get there without like a guy that, is top 10 marquee right you know like that's just how the nba i feel like is built at this point you know it's funny it's like so many people like like i i i feel like the game i feel like there's great like you could put on like any you know any game Mm -hmm. these days in the nba and see a great player play absolutely which which is what i love about it you know like the modern game like Mm -hmm. yeah it's changed some since whatever like the the grinded out like eighties, nineties days of the game or whatever, but just feels like there's such supreme talent and everyone's like, so like you're talking about seven footers who have like, who are just like so nimble and like, like who have like the full tool set. I mean, it's just crazy. Like how the athleticism of the game has evolved. Yeah. Um, Everybody's just so good. (laughs) I know it's like you know. I feel like John Moran gets brought up like once an episode because you know yeah. he's just so fun to watch. Yeah, he's, or, yeah, he's. I mean, his athleticism and like his talent is just, yeah, like you know, just exponential. It's just so out there. And then you get a guy like uh, Wim Banyama who might get drafted next year, and it's just like I don't even know like what to expect. I even, yeah, I can't even wrap my head around like what that guy's game looked like. Um, I mean, in the NBA, you know. <laughs> yeah, we also forget that similarly, Chet has been out all year, and that we mm-hmm. haven't got to see him yet. And he is kind of of that same, you know, he's super tall, but he can kind of handle the ball and, and yeah, totally. move around. But yeah, it's interesting, man. I think the the game is in like a, a cool spot. I feel like it, yeah. a lot of teams are fun to watch. For sure. Um, why don't we go ahead? I, I I mentioned to you, there's a little a little game to play. Call it musician matchups. Um, <laughs> So the idea being, you know, we'll take some Bulls yeah. players and you come up with yours. Yeah, I'll come up with mine. We'll compare our answers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like this game is tough. All right. it, it is tough, but it, it it gets pretty funny to to when you when you justify what uh, <laughs> what your answer is. I don't care how ridiculous yeah. it is. It's always fun to do. But it's fair enough. Fair enough. We'll, All right. Cool. We'll we'll start with Dennis Rodman. Yeah, Dennis Rodman. Man, there's so many, so many ways you could go with this. Yeah, uh, this this one is like, I mean, he's really, um, really the most like, yeah, sort of 
interesting, curious, I think, figure to ever ever put ever step on the court. But yeah. so my my association with Dennis Rodman, I kind of like, yeah. Again, I've got like probably three or four ideas, but I'm gonna go Lady Gaga. <laughs> okay, cool. And I just I feel mean, like, personality wise, I see it. Personality wise, like really, um, like fit it. Ultimately, found a way to fit in, but pretty non-conforming yeah um like undoubtedly like before the before the nba ever was like uh associated with like fashion or right. or anything like dennis rodman was showing up in you know all sorts of like outrageous you know clothes and outfits um and and just pressing buttons you know yeah. so Okay. So who yeah, you got? I, I totally see that. Um, so I went, I went thematically with my picks because uh, I'm very happy to finally do. Uh, I'm going to do all Chicago bands in okay. how I'm doing this or musicians. Um, and Dennis Rodman's tough because I feel like he actually fit the least into this bucket because picking out <laughs> a Chicago band who has that kind of personality, I, I can't really think of many. Because um, initially I, I went with just. Just based on how he played the game, I went with Rise Against just because he, you know, mm-hmm. he liked to get in there and he liked to thrash yeah, around. And, yeah, I was thinking but, like I was like core. I was like some like like some kind of like like really like uh, almost unapologetically like yeah. sort of like thrashy band that maybe you don't totally like, but it's totally. like um, yeah. But I feel like actually <laughs> trying to think more about it, the the, the multitude that contains Dennis Rodman. I feel like like earth, wind and fire, because that's just kind of like there was also like a little bit of poetry to like the way he played. But it was like s- such a broad spectrum. Oh, for sure. No, no. I mean, the thing about Dennis Rodman is that like, like, like he like what he did well, he did in a way that was like very. Um, uh, uh, what's the word like, uh, like finessed, mm-hmm. like, you know, like. Like he was rough around the edges, but then you yeah. like watch him do the things he did well, and you know he did have a certain like, like flow to like how he played. Yeah, you know he I wasn't think, just uh, all like rough and tumble. I think it, maybe it was Draymond Green who said watching Dennis Rodman get rebounds was like poetry. It's a fair. Uh, it's a fair I statement. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I like. Uh, no, I like. I like that. I like the Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, comparison. Yeah, that That's was good. That was a tough one because, like, how do you just how do you sum up Dennis Rodman without just Man, being like it's uh, Dennis Rodman? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, he is like again, like one of the more unique characters, um, you know. And like, it's interesting. It's like, like I remember Rodman on the Pistons. I hated mm-hmm. Rodman more than anything. And then if he came to the Bulls, and like, it took a while to yeah. like to like finally buy him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that. You know, the sort of uh, Joakim Noah effect where, like, you hate him unless he's on your team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> cool. Uh, next one on the list we have is Zach Levine. So this one is hard for me because, like, I feel yeah. like 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 Levine is a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, like I was trying to, like, I was, like, watching some clips, like, just thinking about, like, his style. Because, like, it's, yeah. like, he doesn't. Like I feel like he kind of like he's a little bit like under the radar, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, and he just has like a style that's not like 
uh, I don't know. It was a tougher one for me to like really describe. Although the more you watch them, the more I was like, all right. So here's why I, I was Zach. I went with with uh, with bad brains. So, <laughs> and my thinking here is effectively like he kind of move. He kind of plays at um, in like spurts, you know, like like from speed and like he's yeah. obviously like very very athletic and and kind of I guess like high flying in a certain kind mm-hmm. of way right now obviously he's expanded his game a ton but he just like plays with like a like a, a kind of when he's like going to the when he like gets the first step on you right he's going to the rim there's just like yeah. kind of like like uh um frenetic almost like like hard sort of style um right. i don't think of him as like and i say this again as just trying to justify my answer a bit but like i don't think of him as a particularly like smooth player i think of him as being like pretty edgy Sure. Um, and, uh, but it's interesting because, like, I haven't gotten to watch him as much, like, because he's really, like, since I've been on the West Coast. But right. he's actually from the Northwest, which is, like, mm-hmm. really interesting, um, like, like Seattle area. Anyway, so, yeah, I just, I feel like he's got kind of, like, punk spirit somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, I feel like, too, he's, like, you know, people associate Zach Levine as, like, you know, dunk contest. He's, he's just, like, a pure dunker. But when you compare it, you said bad brains. Yeah. So it's like it's deeper than that, you know. Like I feel like everyone's first first perception is bad brains. You know, they're a specific type of music, but they're actually there's some there's some deep more oh, deepness sure. to it. For sure, for sure. It's like yeah, there's there's definitely there's a balance there. There's like yeah. a, a combination of styles and kind of spirits, right? Um, that. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be yeah, it'll be I'm I'm curious to hear hear your answer, but I think Zach it'll be interesting. He's he's a young guy. Like I think we yeah. forget how young he is as a player. Yeah, like he's yeah. got some room to grow, you know. Definitely. Well, for my pick, you'll have to hear me out here cuz I actually went with Lawrence Arms. <laughs> because <laughs> because I'll give you a good reason. I do feel like Zach has kind of like what I mentioned before. He's got like two sides to him. You know, there's the dunker, which yep. is the Brendan songs, <laughs> and then there's like the other side, which is like your songs. I feel like because he can, he can shoot threes. You know, yeah. he can, he can be kind of more delicate with the ball when he needs to. And uh, I feel like pe- people paint him into like one lane, but really he's got like these these both sides, and you get these like, two different kinds of songs for long terms. You know, I think that's a fair. I think it's a fair <laughs> analogy. I think it's a fair analogy. Definitely. Yeah, I mean he. he I'm I'm sure uh, you're happy to hear that Z- uh, the Lawrence Arms are the Zach Levine of of music, so that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, <I'll take> it. <laughs> I will take it any day. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so next, well, we we mentioned before Derek Rose. Derek Rose, man, this is a tough one too. Um, I've got two. I'm trying to think of like, like I thought about this a lot. Um, trying to think about which which one makes more sense i got mm-hmm. maybe i'll share one and i'll tell you what my other thought was but so derrick rose i went with um what death leopard <laughs> <laughs> so and my thinking here is like you know um like not stylistically but he he like came in the league right he was one thing mm-hmm. and he went through you know a lot of turmoil and like found his way out the other side and kind of reshaped who what his game was and who he mm-hmm. was to find a place, you know, in the league, 
in a way that is like compelling. And yeah. now I certainly wouldn't be like, I'm not some like big Def Leppard fan or anything, <laughs> but like Def Leppard was like big ass band. And then Rick Allen lost his arm and they're mm-hmm. like, what are we going to do, man? And they found a way to kind of like remake it, figure out what they had to work with and like go on and have like big hits. Yeah. So I was just thinking like essentially like big comebacks. Now is Derek Rose's comeback is like, like the stuff of legends. I don't know. Kind of depends yeah. on how you think about it, but I'd say what he went through from an injury perspective and where he is now as a player, mm-hmm. I'd say it's a, um, it's up there to me yeah. as like, as like amazing comeback stories where he Definitely. really like has found a great spot for himself, like on a team as a key player. I mean, there's, there's proof that a lot of players had pretty nasty, nasty injuries as well. And they, they never recovered. They never came back to the NBA, like Brandon Roy, you know, like, yeah, totally. He, he kind of never came back, but Derek Rose is, he is an everyday player and he's, He's doing pretty good. He's he was the highest uh, Knicks uh, All Star vote voter, which yeah, is kind of like, ridiculous. But <laughs> and he kind of plays, you know, he's still Derrick Rose, but like he's mm-hmm. figured out how to be not the severe player. He knows he can't spring like that anymore. Yeah, that, that he was, and like he expanded his game to you know to kind mm-hmm. of like uh, acclimate to you know what is what he's capable of as a player. Right. It's like so. It's interesting, like. He uh, actually ends up being a really like great story. Those were mm-hmm. tough, you know. Like those injuries were really, really tough um, yeah. as Bulls fans to watch. Definitely, and I mean, come on, you, you, if you watched that fifty-point game on the Timberwolves, can't yeah, tell me you oh, didn't man. feel something amazing. there. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man, for sure. All right, so I'm curious what yours is, and I got so, like, you know, maybe a, a, a second one. I'll flow to you. <laughs> okay mine so i went with like because i talked previously about air you know the kind of like derrick rose era it's like my era like he was like yeah the guy of like my time watching the bulls so i had to like if, in terms of chicago bands maybe not the biggest of all time in chicago maybe maybe may close to it but uh f- certainly for me and when i was into it is wilco uh because I, I mean, Wilco is one of my favorite bands, and I feel like you know the. It also actually lines up that the time I really got into Wilco was the time I was really into Derrick mm-hmm. Rose and the Bulls, and I feel like that just kind of like made sense because that's kind of like way up there in the the Chicago music stratosphere. For sure, no, I, I like it. There's a kind of like, uh, yeah. There's nothing to do with this play style, obviously, because it's no, a very no, different no. But type. Like, but there's like the kind of like uh, trajectory that I don't yeah. know found a place in the found his place in the world, uh, so to right. speak. You know, that kind of makes sense. I was thinking the other one I was thinking of was Common. Actually, is a Chicago mm. high. Nice. Like Common kind of had like a break point where things really mm. kind of changed for him. Like he put out a record that people were like, man nobody is into this and then he like <laughs> kind of refound himself a little bit but yeah yeah it's a good one okay uh so the last one which in my opinion is actually the hardest one because like how do you encapsulate michael jordan i mean impossible yeah <laughs> impossible like there's like a, a million different ways to go on this and it's like uh, basically asking like who's the greatest band of all time <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I know, right? And so, like, obviously, like, very subjective. Like, 
Yeah. I, yeah, I toss this around a lot. So here, here's where I'm at. Okay. Michael Jordan, Whitney Houston. Oh, wow. So uh, Whitney Houston, you know, you can argue all you want about who's the greatest center <laughs> of all time, right? Just like you can start to argue about, you know, who who's the GOAT, you know, mm. and we can, like, there's a million different pundits on a million different shows who have had this argument, you know, yeah. about Michael Jordan versus LeBron or whatever. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, the greats of all time. Like, mm-hmm. like somewhat subjective. But Whitney Houston in the 80s, seven consecutive, number one, hundred top 100 billboard hits, arguably just, you know, uh, the 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 greatest you know yeah. of, of all of all time and then i thought about this a few different ways one was just sort of like kind of record shattering right yeah. like also arguably probably started to really shape and change the music industry mm-hmm. you know which you know i think michael jordan for all his greatness as a player like he completely changed globally what the NBA was what the style of basketball was going to be going forward. And then, you know, the other part is just, there is a, like a power and a command and a kind of like, uh, um, I don't know, like there's like something about listening to Whitney Houston saying that's like almost like competitive. Like I'm so good at this that like, (laughs) there's no way you're better than me. So I mean, from my, a strict my, vocal perspective, like, like easily one of the best vocal talents of all time. She's right up there. Like yeah. the other one I was thinking of, like, well, I'll let you go. I, <laughs> I, I want to I hear yours before I start throwing out other oh, ideas. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, uh, Whitney Houston, Michael Jordan. I, I, I almost feel like he was like playing greatest love of all, like yeah. before he like hit the court. <laughs> But honestly, it's fun. it's funny you say that because uh, before I get into my pick, on a similar note, uh, I, I had um, someone from My Morning Jacket on, and he was a Cavs fan. And I asked him to do this for LeBron, which is, you know, there's always mm-hmm. the comparisons between LeBron and, and Jordan. And he came out with Prince. And I feel like, you know, if we're looking at Whitney and Prince in that same conversation, the same way we would look at LeBron and Jordan. Which is really Holy interesting. So I, I, I feel that pick um, because I have my my subcategory of all yeah. Chicago yeah. local. I'm trying to think of who's who's my kind of top pinnacle. I feel like just Smashing Pumpkins. Like it's just so hard to match. And I feel like even then, Smashing Pumpkins maybe is not enough for Michael Jordan. But like maybe not if you, if you encapsulate it in a certain like bubble of time. Right. Right. But um, you know, it's like, it's really hard to to pinpoint it because I don't know who who else who else would it be? Is is it you know, is it Chicago? <laughs> like is it Sticks right. or uh, maybe <laughs> Earth Wind and Fire would have been better for Jordan, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean Jordan is like yeah, I don't even know. I was thinking like like he's just so transformative, you know. Yeah. Um, so you almost want to be like Elvis, you know, because just like right. every there was like. Or like the Beatles or whatever, because it's like there was the NBA before Jordan and there's the NBA after Jordan, basically. Mm-hmm. Like he is the line of demarcation in terms of like like commercially, like yes. global, you know, like interest, 
the style of the game, the way the games mm-hmm. play. I mean, like everything just like it's hard to pinpoint in music who is the most like culturally transformative figure, uh, you know, and or not just culturally, but also commercially like transformative yeah. figure. Of, I feel like of all uh, time. pretty yeah. tough, like to pinpoint. I mean, removing my my sh- Chicago lens. It, yeah. Elvis, the Beatles, like Nirvana. The, yeah, the, mean, like, the fact that that Jordan kind of like created sneaker culture like is a whole other level that totally, goes beyond yeah. his game and yeah. you know you could bring up with Elvis like that he brought sex into music and mm-hmm. um you know the Beatles popularizing rock and roll like you know there's so many different things that that are iconic like that that can only be compared to Jordan yeah and there's just like there's only so many figures in the history of anything that like show up in the moment where like everything changes yeah you know definitely like so good stuff man that was that was that was a hard one to to have to figure <laughs> out and hopefully i'll never have to figure it out again <laughs> yeah this, but, is, this uh, is a tough one yeah that's but that that's all i got this is uh this was a good time man good stuff man yeah definitely super fun to to talk about hoops and music always yeah two things i love very much absolutely and uh i mean musically anything going on soon are you just kind of chilling at the moment yeah chilling at the moment you know we'll see what happens um you know obviously like like i said earlier it's like you know something will start to like bubble up and and happen but yeah kind of quiet quiet times right now so cool we'll see thanks again for coming on man and go bulls yeah no doubt man That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for checking it out. I would like to direct you guys to our Twitter and Instagram page. You can follow us there for some updates. Would love for you to support on Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash indie basketball. Um, support there goes directly to half court sessions. We want to get lots of those made in 2023. Um, and you get lots of cool stuff. You get discounts on merch. You get, um, you get playlists every month. There's a lot of fun stuff for you to check out there. You get bonus half-court sessions when they come out and a library that's already up there. Um, and as I mentioned with merch, we do have those Godspeed You Black Emperor t-shirts where hands are shooting the basketball. It's a good look. We still have lots of those available, so you can head to IndieBasketball.com to get one of those. Um, but other than that, thanks for listening, guys.